let's see how this goes. Okay, I got uh, five recordings started now. And in theory, I'm listening to you. Let me listen to FaceTime, which means I think I can hear me and you. All right, and I'm going to turn on the YouTube part. YouTube. Let me go back over to Chrome. And I'm going to click go live. And it's thinking. And it says we are live. Okay. And we have a little spectrogram at the bottom of the uh, video feed. So now I just need to figure out what a link is to this thing. Are you able to see it right now, Pierce? Uh, it says we have two concurrent oh. viewers. I am not looking at it, so let me let me open up the link. Here's a share I link. Copy. Who else would it? Who else would it be? I don't know. All right, I, I sent it to the cool kids chat. Video. Where do you where do you look at the? I don't see anyone. I don't see where you can see the video. Uh, you mean I'm you clicked on the, on the link I sent? Oh, no. I was just on the root channel. Oh, I think that's because I, like I said, I made it a private video that you have to have the URL for. Oh, yeah, there we go. Did you uh, set up the title for it and everything? Yeah. Or is that yeah. the default? Uh, no, there are two places I set up the title. So I set up the title in the YouTube Studio UI. Uh, and so that's the title that would show up on a video listing or whatever. And in an audio hijack, you can specify essentially the, uh, you know, the, the title card stuff that's in the video image to go along with the audio. And I just made the match. Uh, and we can discuss whether or not we like the lowercase e in episode. Um, and I'm somewhat tempted to pad it with leading zeros so it'll sort lexicographically. Oh, I would totally do, I don't know, at least four four placeholders. Yeah, I so mean, we're like episode zero, 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 zero. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're definitely zero indexed here too. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I guess... Uh, for today, we watched two YouTube videos. Um, which one did you want to talk about first? Or did we want to have... We don't really have any follow-up. Uh, oh, I, I have some follow-up. Oh, okay. All right, look, I'm going to close this YouTube. I'm getting a lot of... Uh, <laughs> I'm getting a lot of crosstalk. Yeah, we don't need to listen to talk. ourselves. No, listen to your own live stream probably is the uh, uh, most arrogant thing you could do, I guess. It's like, we're so good, we're going to listen to ourselves making a bad podcast. Who says it's bad? We'll have to see. Well, I, I mean, you got to like and subscribe. <laughs> Leave a review. Smash that uh, alert bell. So many so many like buttons. Um, all right. So I, I think the biggest thing for follow-up was everything uh, I've done to improve the audio quality over last time. And I think, uh, I think it's working out much better. So okay. Yeah, like, what, what have I'm you changed? Using, 
I showed you the photo that I'm using some of the uh, portable or home gym tile floors, the, the foam ones. Right. And I, I've created a, I don't know, a, a triangle of sound deadening. Uh, it's it's kind of wonky. So I have the two, um, two sections of it butted against each other in a V and then a, a floor and a roof on it. And I filled that void up with a bunch of towels. And uh, not only regular towels, but paper towels. I mean, I was just gonna throw all the towels I have in there and just just thinking through it, towels probably are the best thing you could use for this. Well, Pierce, in, the, in these virus times, I think you really need to be preserving those paper towels. So I need you to collect well, those when we're get, done. They're not getting used. They're, they're, they're the reserve, they're sound deadening reserve. Okay. Uh, inspired by your, uh, trying to prepare your environment a little bit. Um, what I've done is I've draped a sweatshirt over the microphone stand. And so what you can't oh. see is right behind the microphone here, I have a, you know, a, a fleece uh, pullover. So mm. uh, it's slightly better than just talking at my uh, window here in the, in the kitchen. Because um, I'm going to try to do this podcast standing up. Uh, I don't think anyone else does that that I'm aware of. So that'll be my shtick. Yeah, I, I brought my your former desk chair uh, up into the room to sit on. And as soon as I sat down, it started creaking. And like any little <laughs> movement would be like, <laughs> so I didn't really think that would be too compelling of audio that I did so much work to sound dead in the room and then just have a chair just creaking the entire time. Hmm. So it... instead, I'm, uh, I'm uh, sitting on a plyometric box. Oh, good, good choice. Well, uh, admittedly, I haven't sat in that chair uh, probably since it uh, left my office building uh, at least a decade ago. So, well, you you historically do not sit ever, though, right? Uh, well, I haven't you sat. Watch at, TV standing up? Uh, no, no. I think what I really do is at work, and I guess now here at the podcast, uh, I stand, and I've been doing that for I don't know, maybe four or five years now. Um, and that's really to compensate for the rest of my day, which I really spend on my ass on the couch watching television. So, um, standing at work, sitting at home. Mm. Do you feel you're losing practice at sitting or lounging? No, no, definitely in the evenings and on the weekends, I'm definitely catching up. Yeah. Are you like, um, like George Costanza lounging or do you sit upright? Uh, it depends. Um, if I'm having anything to eat or drink, I'm sitting upright because that, yeah. you know, biology demands that. Um, mm -hmm. If um, later in the evening uh, or if there's some golf on, uh, I might be uh, laying down on the couch, taking a little nap. Okay, so you don't have a strict rule about having your, your eyes directly in line with the television? Uh, sadly, no. Although, actually, uh, if I haven't put my contacts in uh, and I'm wearing my glasses... Um, it's kind of awkward to have the glass, the frame of the glasses, um, you know, leaning into the pillow. So yeah, that's like really that. a struggle. Like yeah. No? Well, very good. The, the other thing, um, uh, the other thing I'm concerned about is our live stream. Uh, I don't think anyone's ever going to really listen to it. Well, not yet, but, but someday. Well, I mean, we have probably four or 500 people listening right now, I think. But, I mean, that could just be because this is a new thing. Oh, you think they're really excited and they have high expectations and we need to deliver in order to retain them? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Well, we'll do but our best. Overall, we've, yeah. 
You've had a pretty big week, though, so far. Uh, what do you mean? Well, you got your ladder. I did get my ladder. So, um, you know, some, some coworkers of ours um, were kind of having a competition to see how many uh, video cameras we can install on the outside of our houses. And um, I had installed a Google Nest Cam or whatever it is in the front uh, last fall when we finished some renovations. And uh, I was like, oh, I really need to get a camera in the backyard, um, you know, cover all my uh, entrances and exits. Um, but um, I guess where I'm going to install it, it's two stories up. And I had recently moved an extension ladder out of my living room um, that I'd been storing behind the couch in the living room uh, for a long time. Uh, anyway, so I gave that to my dad, and that's now in his backyard. And so I needed a new new ladder. And um, it's like, oh, so, damn, I have to buy another ladder to replace that one. But I did some research. Room for it What's his, that? Uh, living room? Does your dad not have room for it in the living room? Uh, he has room in his backyard for it, I guess. Um, hmm. Maybe it was 15 feet long or something. I don't, I don't know. Hmm. Or maybe it was 15 feet extended. I'm not sure. So um, I guess last month when we first started to you know, be home for the coronavirus. Um, I was motivated. I was like, oh, I'll go to the website. I'll, I'll find out where to buy this ladder. And I thought it was going to come, you know, next week or later that week or something. I did not look carefully enough at the month that the delivery was scheduled. And so it was a month later that I was going to receive this ladder. But I was like, okay, we'll probably still be home for the virus. Um, that's okay. I can wait. Yeah. But the delivery worked out, right? No, no, sadly it did not, Pierce. What happened is uh, they delivered a 20-foot extension ladder that uh, only had two moving parts. Um, so just like the two pieces slid next to each other, which is, I guess, normal. Uh, and so when uh, the folks at the local store saw the order, I think they just read the 20-foot extension ladder part, picked something up, and put it on a truck. Uh, and they delivered it in my front yard because uh, I was at work. And, um, they called, um, you know, I probably didn't take the call the first time. Then they called again. I said, go ahead, just leave it. It's fine. And then I guess I was telling you about it and I checked the video camera already installed in the front yard. And, uh, I took a look at it and I'm like, gosh, that, that ladder seems a little too long for the ladder that I ordered. Uh, and I went you to the website. A tall ladder, though. What's that? You wanted a tall ladder, though. I needed a, a tall ladder, but what I was hoping for was a ladder that stored shorter than your average extension ladder of that usable length. Um, and I went to the website, I looked it up, and the ladder I ordered was supposed to have seven rungs times three pieces. And I think the ladder that was in my yard had 13 rungs. Um, so it was much, much uh, longer than it was supposed to be for storage. So you got more for what you paid. Um, you, you, you price ladders based on rungs, I believe, traditionally. Uh, maybe, although I don't know. So I, the new ladder is now here, spoilers, um, and it's this three times seven. So what is that? 21, uh, rungs. And I guess if the old ladder was maybe if it was 11 or 12, it'd be 22 or 24. So I might have fewer rungs overall, but the ladder is only, um, I think it's 102 inches um, collapsed. Anyway, hmm. hope is that it's going to fit in the utility room 
uh, in the basement instead of in my living room for another decade. You, you said the one like the wrong ladder when you brought it inside, you couldn't close the doors to your house. Uh, it was close. Uh, it definitely came from the front door almost into the kitchen. Um, this is not a very big townhouse. Oh, very good. Very good. Did you, you listen to all of Dubai Friday, right? Uh, I did, but I probably listened to it late uh, Thursday night. So uh, what, are you, what are you referring to? Oh, I, I made the mistake of uh, looking up the gadget hack wrench. Oh, you know, I, I'm afraid I did the same. <laughs> did you do the deviant art one? Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I guess I, I probably just Googled it. You know, if only they had show notes. Um, but I guess Max actually talks about how he didn't feel comfortable putting some of the links in show notes. Um, yeah, I Googled and I went to the DeviantArt link and I should have had um, uh, private browsing on or something, I think. But um, I did scroll a little bit fine. and then I closed that tab. Yeah, I mean, I, I just browsed it briefly, just enough to get the gist of it. And I was like, oh, I see how this is very problematic. Yeah. And I also remember that show from childhood and I remember that character specifically. Um, so I thought that was, uh, I thought that was interesting. I, I laughed heartily at that. Okay. Uh, I re I watched that show, but I don't remember her. So, or that character. Oh. But I think that's, uh, I think that's all the follow-up that I had or stuff that I wanted to talk about before we dive into, uh, the two things that we reviewed for this week or okay. viewed for this week. Yeah. I don't know that I have anything else. Um, I mean, we have some, um, some maintenance activities for getting the podcast started, but I don't think our listeners need to talk about that. Um, so did you want to talk about uh, food or hot tents? I would, I definitely want to talk about the Bon, bon Appetit first, because I think Jay is, Jay is my favorite YouTuber. There, there's nothing bad about Jay and I'm just excited to talk about it. Okay. The, the Bon Appetit um, video that we saw, it was, it was decent. It, I had a hard time keeping my attention through some of it, though. Well, uh, unlike some of their uh, stuff, you know, I'm I'm a big, big fan of Claire Saffitz and the uh, Gourmet Make stuff. Um, but Alex's uh, Let's Eat Everything in a Restaurant uh, can go a little long. Uh, and I guess it depends on what, what the food is, how, how excited you are about it. But, um, you know, I thought uh, with all the mayonnaise op opportunities... Uh, in the in the sandwich arena, I thought this would be something fun to talk to you about. Yeah, could you uh, describe where they ate and what types of sandwiches? Well, uh, of course. A little background on this. I I have some uh, some links we're going to put in the show notes. Um, oh. I um, I did a little googling. I found uh, uh, a menu for the restaurant. Uh, so this restaurant, this uh, company called. Um, Court Street Grocers uh, has several locations. I think they're probably all in a New York City area, if not in the city, uh, in different places. Uh, of course, I think because they said Manhattan and Brooklyn or something. Um, at least uh, they were, I think, in the original location uh, for the for the video. Um, now, the the store is closed uh, because of the virus, and they're currently selling T-shirts. Uh, if you want to support mm -hmm. them, uh, so uh, the link we'll put in the show notes. Go to their website if you want. Um, but apparently they had, I think there was 35 or 36 different sandwiches on the menu to try. Um, well, 35 and then a secret sandwich at the end. Uh, yeah, was that, uh, 
who was the sandwich named after? Do you remember? It was the Jonah Hill. Okay. Yeah, and that was uh, some kind of meat and American cheese. Yeah, it was it was corned beef slathered in mustard and like extra extra yellow American cheese on it. I was not liking the look of that sandwich. It was just too sloppy looking. Yeah, that was not my favorite. Um, the notes I took here are mostly about the order of stuff. Um, you know, I guess they, they first took a look at the menu, and um, I guess the deal for this type of Bon Appetit video is that they're going to try everything in a menu. Uh, they only get to take one bite of everything, uh, and I think they've been pretty good about that, except uh, when Brad's been on. Brad uh, cheated a little Does bit. Brad just go crazy? Not on everything, but I think there were a few items that, that he really liked and he cheated. Maybe he was on something about, uh, it could have been tacos somewhere. Is there a penalty for eating too much? Uh, only being too full. Oh. I, how? So 36 sandwiches, 36 bites. How many full sandwiches do you think that is? Um, I mean, how many bites is an average sandwich? Based because on... Those are kind of, hoagie type sandwiches yeah well based on the way that uh, alex and uh, christina responded uh towards the end i think they were pretty darn full i'd guess probably uh three sandwiches in total mm. and okay. uh, and they were having uh i guess the the store also makes it bottles its own uh sodas so they had a probably at least a fraction of a bottle of soda you know with every section of uh, of the menu yeah, the, the celery soda to me was perhaps the strangest, and the reaction to it was not what I was expecting. They, uh, they seemed very refreshed. Uh, it was very vegetal, I heard, yeah. I, I don't, I mean, I know what celery tastes like, and it's not my favorite, but a soda made out of it, do they, do they add sugar to it? Um, I would guess it's sweetened mildly. Um, I don't know, I think that might be one of the items that they still... Uh, we'll ship you from the website, so we could we could order some some celery soda for follow up. Oh, um, challenge! <laughs> <clears throat> but um, no, I I didn't. Uh, my notes here don't focus on on the soda so much. Um, but I do recall that the celery soda was was something they they found definitely unique uh, among the offerings. Um, there was some kind of uh, ginger ale that uh, that they also liked. I think. Yeah, it was like a spicy ginger ale, I think. Uh, I yeah, was, it I'm probably had, it may have had cardamom in it in, in also, I think. Cardamom. <clears throat> That's a word I don't want to have to spell. In fact, I will say, as I was typing up these notes yesterday, um, my thank goodness for computers, because there's no way I'm spelling any of these words. Although I think Apple and Bon Appetit disagree on the spelling of Appetit. Hmm. How do How do they spell it? Uh, bon Appetit, the channel or the magazine spells it without a trailing E. Um, and it might be because they actually put the accent on the first E, um, you know, as I guess Is the French appetite? would. Sorry? It's appetite. Appetite. Yes, that's right. Hmm. Uh, but, uh, but Apple keeps wanting to put an E in the end. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Well, so at the beginning, they talk about uh, the different categories, and and one of the first things they highlight um, on the menu is that there's a section for toasted sandwiches, which I think, um, I was really looking forward to that section, because I think a sandwich is made wholly better 
by making it not just a cold sandwich, but either toasting it like a grilled cheese or, you know, heating it up um, like it being a hot sandwich with some kind of, you know, like a steak and cheese or something like that. Yeah, I mean, you, you get that one sandwich where you ask them to toast the meats but keep the bread <sighs> yeah. untoasted. <laughs> uh, no, I ask them to do more than just toast the bread. I'd like them to toast the whole sandwich, even though on the menu uh, it's, it's uh, just a cold cut sandwich. So yeah, that's actually in my notes here. Remember when we used to go to lunch? Uh, no. Um, I gave up lunch. You didn't all. You didn't go to lunch every day, uh, but Pierce, you'd pretty reliably come to lunch on Fridays, uh, where we'd go to Santini's. Yeah, I had the Santingles. <laughs> the Santingles. Uh, and uh, there, you had a favorite sandwich there. What's that called? Uh it wasn't. It wasn't officially called it, but uh, it is a. Um, meatball sandwich with pepperoni on it which is pretty fantastic but people started calling it the shmurgy and convinced our other coworker to go there and order the shmurgy and they had absolutely no idea what was going on uh yeah i think they recognize us there but probably not by your last name not by last name um uh, one of the first, uh, I guess the first category sandwiches I actually had in the video were breakfast sandwiches. Um, I don't know if you had a favorite among those, but I will say that, um, you know, I watched the video again last night to prepare for today, but um, when I first watched the video, I was inspired by one of the sandwiches. Um, and I guess, you know, growing up in Philadelphia, are you familiar with the, a Taylor ham or a pork roll? I have never had a pork roll. Oh. Well, uh, my uncle was a, was a big fan. And, um, so I had, I had it a lot, you know, as a kid in the summer and, what is um, it? what, it's like a sour ham. Is that it's, what the deal is? it's like a processed meat. It's like a really thick bologna, I guess. Mm. So it's, it's a circular mm -hmm. meat. It comes pre-sliced, I guess, or at least that's the way I've seen it. Um, and you know, you fry it up and put it in a sandwich like you, like a, like a Canadian bacon. Um, it looked like bologna kind of, I guess. Yeah, it does. Um, and so uh, I guess I ventured out to the grocery store in these virus times, and um, I, uh, I purchased some, but I haven't had a chance to have any yet. So maybe uh, maybe tomorrow morning I'll make some for breakfast. I'll try to recreate a, a Taylor ham and a pork roll and egg sandwich. Did you, did you go to the grocery store today? No, no, not today. Pierce, it's very early this morning. I mean, not early for us, but, but early. No. When did you go? I mean, were you, did you watch the video last night and be like, oh, I should go, uh, go to the grocery store tonight? No, no, this, uh, this was the second time I'd watched, uh, this, this video. Second viewing. Yeah. So I think the first viewing, I don't know, I probably saw it within a day or two of them posting it. Um, I guess it must've been, must've been last week then. Cause I think I did, I went to the grocery store over the weekend. Mm. So a week ago. Can can I nitpick something about this place? So supposedly it's a, it's a sandwich shop, right? And they have oatmeal. Oatmeal's not a sandwich. Uh, oatmeal is not a sandwich. Uh, it, it, I was also surprised that it was on the menu uh, as uh, Alex and Christina were. Um, but it's also a grocer. So, I mean, that's in the, that's in the name of the place. Uh, so they, I think they have, you know, milk and eggs for sale. And I guess if people are having breakfast sandwiches, maybe some people want some steel cut oats. I guess I guess oats are just a precursor to sandwich, right? 
if you made bread from oats, which I guess you could. I guess you could grind up oats you? into a into a into a flour and make. A, you can make bread out of anything. Uh, well, um, you know, uh, your wife even manages to have gluten free bread, which seems uh, oxymoronic to me. But um, I guess it's anything's made possible. Out of it's made out of chickens. Yeah, gluten free bread is chicken. They just chicken gr- they grind up chickens and they turn it into bread. Traditionally, traditionally, that's how they do it. Well, was it KFC who made a sandwich that had the that the bread was replaced with the fried chicken breasts or something? Yeah, the double down. It was two fried chicken breasts with bacon in between it, because America. So I guess you can make bread out of chicken. Uh, uh, I don't think it counts. Um. So I guess after the breakfast... Oh, did you have a favorite breakfast sandwich? I guess I talked about the, the pork roll, which um, which I think they enjoyed and, and probably would have been my selection. No, I I don't know. I don't, they, they all looked fine. There was a lot of greens on it, which I thought was interesting. I guess it was just arugula, maybe, uh, in each of the sandwiches. I thought that was probably pretty uh, visually stunning, but probably not that much added flavor to it. I don't know. I think uh, it makes it feel healthier. You know, you're putting cheese in a sandwich. You might balance it out with a little, a little arugula. I, I guess, but it, I mean, I would be more concerned with the calorie content of the sandwich and adding more stuff to it doesn't necessarily make it healthier, you know? Well, unless it's celery. If, yeah, I mean, I guess you're just, just going to slam one of those sodas at the same time. Um. Okay, so I guess they went into the, um, the I guess, uh, I don't know if this counts as the toasted area, but they, they talked about grilled cheese and some other some other grilled sandwiches. Yeah, I think um, the, the grilled cheeses looked pretty good to me, but they did the mayo thing on the grilled cheese, and I, I just don't understand that. that. That is a foreign concept to me. Uh, well, you make, um, you fry an egg, right? And you have it, uh, you've been, you know, sheltering at home and having some... Uh, um, what did we ta- what did we decide it was called? Uh, toad in a hole. Egg in a hole. Yeah. No. What did you call it? Um, it's not a pig in a poke. That's a pig pork, sold to you in a bag in a where you can't see it. Poop in a pot. Uh, poop in a pot. Poop in a pot. <clears throat> um, yeah. So I guess the 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 deal with the mayonnaise, and it, you know, sadly, I don't think I've ever tried this, um, and maybe you're just averse to it because it's mayonnaise, but. Um, it adheres better to the bread and, um, you know, it's oil and an egg, right? So it's, you know, going to provide some, some browning. Um, I, I think it's worth trying, but it made me think of, um, Marcy because that was a very crispy grilled cheese sandwich that they had the first time. Yeah, it was, it was very darkened, which I, I'm okay with the, uh, the, the other thing that, um, like the other category of food that they had that I thought I would like more, the, the toasties overall is kind of underwhelmed by, but then the hot meats, I think it's meats with a Z. That <laughs> On the menu, section, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, and that whole section I was kind of kind of not into, except for the, uh, 
the kimchi on the garlic bread. I think that was the Ali, or no? No, I think that was Maybe. the ex-mother-in-law. Oh, yeah. But that one seemed like the most interesting to me. The short rib, uh, roast broccoli, kimchi, and garlic bread, I think, in my notes here. Mm. Did you take notes on every sandwich? No, no. I had to restrain myself from taking notes on every sandwich. I took notes on some of the highlight sandwiches. Um, mm. I do want to go back a second to the Cubano. Oh, yeah. Did did that stand out to you in the in the section right previous to this? No, I don't think so. Oh, do you, well, did you ever see the the movie uh, Chef with the uh, John Favreau? Have I have not seen the Pod Save the Kitchen? No, see now here in my notes, I wanted to point out that that's not to be confused with Pod Save America, former Obama speechwriter John Favreau. This is uh, not, Iron Man uh, director John Favreau. They're not the same person. Different people. Different people. How do you know? Uh, I've seen pictures of them. Hmm. I mean, I've never seen Together? them both in the same place at the same time. But uh, I, I'm pretty certain they're different people. All right. Okay. Uh, but anyway, I, I would I would recommend that uh, that movie Chef. Um, I guess this guy um, has a food truck, or maybe he's a he's a chef and he, I don't know if he quits his job and he opens a food truck or whatever. I think John Leguizamo's in this, in this this movie. And it's kind of about, uh, how the John Favreau character, like, um, you know, has a relationship with his son, uh, his his elementary school aged kid, maybe. Anyway, would recommend. Uh, so Mm. we'll have a link to that in the show notes. Mm. All right. Uh, Oh, back in your hot meats section. Sorry. Hot meats. Moving back forward to uh, to the hot meats. Uh, they hot had a meats. meatloaf sandwich, which uh, didn't stand out to me, but it, it reminded me uh, a story um, about meatloaf in my life uh, that I thought, I don't know if you've heard this before, but we'll share it. Is it is it with the singer? No. Uh, gosh, I can't remember his, his name. I mean, his, his actual name. But uh, I would not do anything for my grandmother's meatloaf because it was terrible. Mm. Um, whereas I think my mom makes pretty good meatloaf. And so I don't know where she got her recipe. She obviously not from her mom uh, because my grandmother would make meatloaf that I think featured pickles. I think there were pickles in the meatloaf and it was really just not good. I think I've heard of that before. Were they like gherkins or were they full well, on deli pickles? <laughs> Uh, maybe it was a, a gherkin. I, I think it was cut up. Um, I don't think it was just like, so it wasn't, I was hoping you'd say it was just a pickle with meat packed around it. That's right. So if you slice the meatloaf, everybody got a, uh, you got a slice of like a, a coin of, uh, of pickle through the center. No, I think they were dispersed throughout the loaf. Um, so they must've been like a cut up gherkin or something, but it was just not so, the right texture. Like, you know what if what if you hollowed the cucumber out and shoved the meat into the like into it and so then poured vinegar all over it? So you inverted um, of what we were just discussing, where where you'd have a slice of meatloaf that had a pickle chip in the center. You're talking about having a tube like of a meat, cord of meat, a core of <laughs> yeah. meat inside uh, the cucumber. That is, do you put the meat in before you pickle it? And so are you kind of counting on the pickling process to denature the protein in the meat? So it's like uh, that's, that's tartare. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
when you hollow it out, you can only put the meat in with like one of the pastry bags or like the icing bags. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it just like oozes into the tube, <laughs> the tube of cucumber. Uh, that's that's not a very great visual. Ah, it's making me hungry. Really, for that? Oh, I, you know me. I love pickles. All right, I think we're coming up on the last section of sandwiches, and I think they. Uh, oh wait, before we get to uh, the vegetarian sandwiches, um, I think there was there was something I wanted to highlight. Did you notice the um, the sandwich with the locks and the potato chips? Yeah. Um, I guess it was it was kind of uh, the this 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 restaurant's take on like a bagel with locks and stuff. But uh, they, uh, Alex and Christina really liked it. And, you know, I was, you know, I got my attention when they said that it had potato chips on it. So how do you feel about potato chips on a sandwich? I'm not, I'm not a big fan. You don't think it adds a, a, a you know, a, a crunch um, or, you know, a, you know, a nice texture to complement, you know, like a soft bread or, or, or something. Mm, it's not doing it for you. Uh, I'm a little bit torn because um, just a regular sandwich with chips in it, it, it's fine. It's whatever. It's not something I really crave or seek out. But there is an item at Taco Bell that has Fritos in it. I don't remember what that item is, but I had it once and it was delicious. So I'm okay if it's if it's rolled, if it's a burrito. But if a burrito sandwich, if it's um, just plain bread, like flat bread, no, I don't think so. So it's it's not like it's not a taco shell that's um, kind of like they have the taco shells made out of Doritos. It's not a taco shell made out of Frito corn chip. Um, it's definitely a burrito with with crunchy stuff inside. No, yeah, they take the regular Taco Bell like burrito ooze filler stuff. They put that on bag of meat. You want to talk about meat that yeah. comes in a tube? Yeah, it was. I think it was called the meaty crunchy burrito extremo or something like that. And when you ate it, you just felt extreme self-loathing, but it was so good. Like you basically are like, I hate myself. And at the same time, I'm ready to die because this is so good. Do you love it while you're eating it? And then, you know, an hour later you have a lot of remorse or is it simultaneous? No, it's, it's all, it's all impact, like fully impactful at, at the onset. All right, the last thing I, I had about the, the video about the sandwiches uh, was they talked about um, the vegetarian sandwiches, none of which really stood out to me. Uh, for, you know, None of the items that they had um, I was particularly excited about. Um, but my comment was that um, you know, they had a, like a veggie burger thing, and I wanted to say that um, you know, I don't think I've ever really enjoyed a veggie burger. You know, it's not something that I've tried a lot of, but... You know, every now and then I give it a go, and I've never really been attracted to that. But um, a black bean burger. Yeah, I think that. Gosh, I don't remember what the the one they had in the in the video was, um, but I think that's mostly what I've experienced, um, like something made out of uh, bean protein. But that's I wanted to ask. Solid. I wanted to ask about uh, the Impossible Burger, and and how you felt about that because I think the few times that I've had it. Uh, it's really kind of been mixed. Uh, the first time was excellent. Now that could have been because it was late at night. Um, but um, after a few drinks, it may may have had a few drinks first. Um, 
but I think uh, two out of three times, I think I've enjoyed my impossible burger. Oh, two out of four times. I think that one time we went to Burger King, I was not as pleased as uh, Jeff was. Uh, to be honest, though, I had a bacon cheeseburger, and I was not happy with it either. So I think it's more related to Burger King. Than <laughs> it's it's a global or general Burger King problem, not not a Burger King problem about the Impossible Whopper. Yeah, the um, I, I don't know the region of wherever that the burger is the king is. Uh, the, those people must be pretty unhappy. It's, <laughs> it's not a good kingdom. <clears throat> Yeah. The other thing that I thought was interesting in the veggie section was that only one of the sandwiches was uh, cauliflower based. And I thought that was kind of strange. I, I think cauliflower is pretty solid for filling in as a meat substitute. And I was a little bit, uh, when I saw that sandwich, I, I thought I would actually eat that one. Uh, I think they enjoyed that one. Um, and, you know, maybe it's because it was getting to the end of the video and um, maybe I was losing a little focus, like you, like you said. Um but uh, I think the first time I watched the video, um, I was kind of intrigued by this the vegetarian sandwich that had the um, um, was was it sweet potato or or something like that? Yum. Yeah. So like oh, no, like no, the maybe. like the cauliflower, a roast vegetable uh, as a substitute. The, at at one of the points in at one point in the video when there, she was eating. Shoot, at one point in the video when she was eating a sandwich, the deli toothpick that was sticking out of the sandwich, it was at such a strange angle that I thought a fly was just like just on the sandwich, just moving around. I was like, don't eat it, don't eat it, don't eat oh, it. Oh, that's right, because the toothpick had the little uh, plastic on the end, right? Yeah, I was like... You thought that was the fly wings? The yeah, that, but at the same time, I was kind of like, I hope she eats it. I want to see somebody eat a fly on TV. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you were afraid that she was going to poke her eye out with the with the toothpick. No, no. That, I don't want that, and I didn't even think about that. Okay, so eating a fly, good. Eye damage, bad. That's where, that's where you're coming down on this? Uh, I think in general, uh, case by case. Okay, that's fair. Harsh but fair. All right, so I wrote down uh, their favorites, um, you know, uh, did you have a favorite, um, did you agree or disagree with any of the, the, their favorite choices, you know, at the end of the episodes, uh, where they taste, eat everything, uh, they talk about their favorite sandwich and then the thing they'd get, you know, after they get tired of the favorite thing. And then I think there's a category where, you know, the thing that maybe the regulars get that other people don't, aren't aware of. Yeah, I think, I think I agree with their, their top pick. That's probably um, probably what I would go with. That was the Ollie. I mean, that was a roast turkey with a, a broccoli rob. But I think the thing overall that I was the most um, into of all the sandwiches was just the bread selection. All the breads looked really good. And even like, I don't, I think they called it the stick bread. That was interesting to me. I don't think I've ever had that before. Yeah, I meant to, I meant to Google that. I think uh, I failed to get that into the notes, but... We'll we'll get some links for you and put those in the show notes. Um, yeah, I I was not familiar with that either. Um, that was something I hadn't heard of, and I, I'm imagining it was, um, like um, kind of like a uh, maybe 
I'm imagining the bread you'd make a, like a Cubano with traditionally. So something kind of uh, firm on the outside and not a very thick you know, piece of bread before you slice it. Um, but uh, gosh, well, we'll have to go back and take a look to, to get the name of that. Do you remember what it was called? I know it began with an S uh, and I think it was an Italian word that translated to stick bread. Stromboli. Uh, no, stromboli is like a calzone, but it's rolled up. That's a stromboli. Stick breado. <laughs> uh, maybe that's the variety they have at the uh, the Olive Garden. Oh, mm. uh, that is interesting. Have you ever? What do you think about the Olive Garden? Do, why do you? Why do you think we don't um, regard it as a fine dining experience? Um. Well, I think anything that has unlimited something, it can't be that good if they're willing to give you as much of it as you want. What about water? Um, well, uh, I don't know. I, boom, I, boom, roasted. Okay, I'm losing that one, Pierce. You got me. Water's agree. great. Olive Garden is the best restaurant out there. Was Next it, to Red Lobster. Did you have a? Th- did you finish three liters of water yesterday? Even more. I got. I got on to four. I like crossed the gallon ba- uh, boundary and just kept going. Yeah, <clears throat> it's good for you, as long as you're uh, remembering to use the restroom. Don't hold yeah, that in. Yeah. That is not healthy. No. No. It. It'll kill you. Uh. What. What's the. Um, what is it? Uh, we're going to call it a syndrome condition where you're overhydrated and your body actually stops working correctly because there's too much water in your system. It's like ultra hydrosis or something along those lines. I don't, I don't remember the exact name, but I think hydrosis is actually in the, in the term. I think your uh, root word is certainly correct there. Let's see. Water poisoning. Water intoxication, hyperhydration, okay. water toxemia. That sounds reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. Remember the uh, hold your Wii for the Wii? No. No. Is this, is this a Wii sports game that I forgot to play? Do you, do you remember back in uh, the mid-2000s when... Whenever electronics came out, people would line up around the block and wait overnight for it to be yes. released when the stores opened. People camping out for video game well, consoles, sure. Yeah, when the Nintendo Wii originally came out, it was so difficult to find, and everyone was just losing their mind over it just to play Wii Tennis. And this radio station, I think it was in New York City, they uh, did this competition. They were able to get their hands on a Nintendo Wii, and they said, okay, all the all these people... Uh, we're going to do this competition where you drink like two gallons of water or whatever, and you see how long you can hold your, your bladder, how long you can go without peeing. And they are doing this competition, the studio, and I don't remember how long it went on, but I believe it was a woman. She held it so long that she died. She, she died in the studio. That's horrible. Does her family at least get the, the Nintendo Wii? I think and some some large cash settlement, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it turns out she did. She won. I guess. I don't know. 
She won by losing. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, do we want to start? Do we want to move over to uh, Canadian hot tent videos? I think we should uh, take this moment to thank our first sponsor. Actually, it's Squarespace. Uh, it should be Squarespace because soon we're going to be a customer. Uh, I also want to thank uh, Spotify for buying us. We're uh, we're now part of the Spotify network. Okay, uh, but are we? Is our podcast still going to be available outside of Spotify, or are we on Spotify it's, Premium? It's, we're on Spotify Premium, but you can download it wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, okay. So we're we're a dual channel. Yeah, I mean we're we're mostly owned by Spotify, but also fifty percent owned by Apple. Okay. Well, that I, that's a surprising acquisition, but, you know, Tim Cook knows better than I do. Yeah, and we're also sponsored by 5G. Um, so that's like right. Everybody get your 5G Verizon. cell phone. It's going to be great. going to be really, really fast. You um, know what the G stands for, right? Uh, goodness? No, government. Government. Oh. Hmm. So, but I have a 4G cell phone right now. Is the government also listening yeah. to that one? No, when you get into 5G, you're going to get an extra government, and that causes all the oxygen to fall out of the air. Okay. So should That's I... That's why you get chest pains. Should I sleep with my fan on? Uh, only if your door's open. Otherwise, the fan's going to chop the uh, oxygen out of the, the air. Okay, so I have to have the door open and the fan on and not have a 5G in phone? Your, in your Faraday cage. Okay. Gosh, it's it's hard to live uh, a clean life these days. You need to do a cleanse. <clears throat> well, uh, you know, last week um, I had way too much chicken soup and chicken salad. Um, you may recall that uh, I guess uh, saw some recipe for for chicken soup. Was inspired, went to the store, bought five pounds of chicken, made chicken stock, made you know chicken soup. I uh, made matzo balls for the first time, uh, and I even had leftover chicken, probably you know an extra pound or pound and a half of chicken that wasn't in the soup that I made chicken salad with, and there was not a meal that was other than breakfast uh, last week, sorry, not this week, but the previous week, um, that did not feature chicken soup or chicken salad. Uh, so I definitely need to not have chicken for maybe at least a month. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have a no chicken diet going forward is i'm gonna cleanse my body of chicken poultry. sorry no po no poultry turkey? at all no turkey um yes probably no turkey uh no duck no turk filet hmm. hmm do you think uh turk filet would would go anywhere you just like a it could be like chick-fil-a only everything larger the nuggets are bigger the sandwiches are bigger i guess it has to be made out of turkey be so much drier. Um, I guess if it, if it was all breast meat, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess you don't always have to overcook your turkey. You know, if you you know spatchcock it or part it out or whatever, you can you can cook it so that the the dark meat gets done. You know, not well long after the the white meat is overcooked. What is a spatchcock? Uh, to spatchcock a chicken or I guess any kind of poultry is to uh, break its um, 
I think it, I guess it's the breastbone that you're breaking. So you're cutting the backbone out of it, uh, and then you're kind of butterflying um, the chicken so you can lay it flat. Um, and it, uh, instead of, you know, cause you, if you don't cook, do that, you're cooking this giant, you know, spherical chicken where one side of it has to be, you know, at the bottom of the, the pan or, you know, the roasting pan. So if you can spatchcock it, you can kind of even out the surface area, uh, and it cooks more evenly. Spatchcock. Uh, we will put a link to that in the show notes. Will you make it safe for work? Yes, it will be. Uh, all of our show notes are safe to work. Safe for work. If not, uh, we'll annotate them as such, so we won't uh, cause you any accidental problems should you be uh, reviewing our our show notes at the office. Hmm. Okay, very good. Do you want to get into the J video now? Sure. Let's transition to Northern Canada. Where in Canada? Uh, well, our friend Jay, uh, I hope I'm going to pronounce his name correctly, uh, Jay Legray, L-E-G-E-R-E, uh, and uh, he's up in Yellowknife, which is north, north, north of Montana for our U.S. listeners. Uh, our Canadian listeners probably know exactly where Yellowknife is. Uh, it's in Northwest Territory, uh, and Jay is a social media person for uh, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, uh, and he's been doing YouTube, uh, which you introduced me to, actually, Pierce. Um, I think he was the first Canadian hot tent uh, channel that uh, that you showed me, uh, and I've been can hooked ever a, since. Can I take a moment to talk about how much I love Canadian hot tent videos? Please do. I, I don't know what it is about them, but they're so relaxing everything about them is just amazing for those of you who have not seen a canadian hot tent uh video it, it may sound weird to start with but the gist is these these folks they have a tent in the woods and it's always in the middle of the winter They're, you can't do a hot tent in the summer it's just not the same but the video starts out with them getting onto uh, a snowmobile usually sometimes it's a it's a vehicle but like a car, but usually a snowmobile. And they they ride their snowmobile out in the middle of the woods. Snow is everywhere. The snow is so creaky. It's so loud. Oh, very and squeaky just, snow. Oh, it's, it's, it's insane. And then they go into their tent. They cook a meal. And then once they're done cooking the meal, they foam themselves eating it. And then they go home. And like, occasionally, some of the videos have a lot of talking. Some are more uh, isolated and quiet. And it's just kind of a... Um, kind of a relaxing experience i guess it's like um asmr videos i suppose but not the weird ones <laughs> yeah not the not the weird ones no i, I really enjoy ones. that it's it's uh it's quiet you know it's they're out in nature uh like you said they don't talk a lot or i found that they really delay their talking uh not just in the canadian hot tent stuff stuff but all the bushcraft videos you know, they'll start the video and it might be 15, 20 minutes in before they say anything. It's perfect. They're, you know, it's often just one person. They're alone. No other people. Because, you know, we all know people are horrible. Um, you also have to split wood. <laughs> uh, Pierce, how many axes have we bought inspired by uh, Canadian hot tent videos and other bushcraft videos? 
honestly, as far as I'm concerned, I don't think I have enough. Now that I have two houses, uh, I I probably need four for each house. I mean, there there's so many to choose from and different types of wood. You need a different type of splitter, you know. I need a chopping axe. I need a cutting axe. Oh, like I'm just I'm just axe crazy here. Well, you got to remember, two is one, one is none. So I agree, definitely multiple axes per per residence, or 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 hot tent, cabin location, whatever. So. Yeah, so part of like the fun of this video, this specific video that Jay released recently, I guess he released it last week, is he's had this multi-video project going, I guess since before Christmas. I'm not sure. Maybe it was Thanksgiving when it started. But he previously had a very large hot tent set up, and he said he could never get it quite warm enough. It was, I don't know, how big do you think it was, like 20 by 20? Uh, it was 20. it was at least three times the size of of the new new tent, yeah. And every time we'd go there, in the video, he, there would always be a video section at like two in the morning of him like shattering his teeth and icicles hanging off his beard. Sorry, waking really, up in the middle of the night, freezing, literally freezing, yeah, fr- literally freezing because it's I don't know negative twenty degrees wherever he is Celsius Celsius yeah Celsius, and he's like. He's just shaking near death. And he's like, I need a smaller tent because my wood stove isn't big enough to heat this. So what does he do to upgrade his tent, Dave? Well, he starts by, well, he advertises it as he's going to build a tent inside his other tent and then deploy it outside when he's done. I, I thought there was going to be a Russian uh, Russian nesting doll type tent situation. I, I was kind of hoping for that. Um but as it turns out, he didn't do that. He started to build it. Um, I think at his new location for the for the second tent, he's got a better view. Uh, it's got a better better you know sight lines uh, from the little part of the area, you know, that's wilderness. That um, apparently Canadians, if you don't piss anyone off, you can just go build a shack in the woods and live there part time. Yeah, it's it's right on the lake that he lives near too. So I think it's only accessible in the winter or it's much harder to access in the, in warmer months. Right. I think that's true. He can only get there by snowmobile across the frozen lake, uh, in the winter. And I think he said that he does not own a canoe. Now that's a solvable problem. We can buy canoes. Um, maybe Jay needs a Patreon so we can buy him a canoe, but, um, yeah, so he, he can only get there in the winter and I don't know how many, how many months of the year the lake is frozen but um, this year in particular, well, you know, this winter season, um, he has, uh, he schlepped a lot of materials out there because for this new tent, unlike the old one, Pierce, uh, which was just a metal frame uh, and on the ground, this new tent, he's insisted on building uh, a floor and some walls. Now, now the walls can't be too, too high. Apparently, one of the regulations that allows you to, you know, you know, homestead essentially out in the wilderness is that uh you can't have a permanent structure uh, and so i guess in, in this case he has no foundation or anything and the walls the any fabricated walls so i guess excluding the you know the tent itself uh, can only be so high so i think maybe it's five feet tall or something these walls but the floor is made out of pallets do you want to talk about the pallet struggle um i i don't I love Jay, so I don't want to make it sound like we're we're dumping on him or making fun of him. 
but watching him build this this structure for his tent has been amazing like he not only is he doing it and he's clearly enjoying it and loving him doing it but he's having fun and watching him try to pull the pallets apart in negative 30 degree weather and the pallets are just exploding they're just falling apart because they're so cold so he he gives that process up because i think he originally was going to pull the, all the pallets apart and build a floor out of the like pallet pieces so then instead he gets a whole bunch of pallets he lines them up and he puts a four by four through them i believe so he has three pallets wide or three pallets long with a four by four pushed all the way through it and screwed together to create a platform of three pallets he did that i guess two more times or was it three more times i think i think in the end it's three by three so yeah he built three of these and he did do that construction in the in the original tent so he was able to do that under shelter i don't know if he ever had the stove running um and like the the old tent door closed but he did start to build the new facility in the old facility and at that point in the video series we really aren't that clear on what he's doing like we he just kept talking about making the floor level it's like okay i get it i get this is gonna be the floor but i don't understand why he needs to construct something like this for a hot tent because typically they come with a metal frame so he builds the floor out and then we start getting a better idea of what he's doing he puts it down and then he starts talking about building the walls and he hauled out it must have been i don't know 20 two by fours i don't know what do you think oh at least i think well i mean did he bring out the um like the stick lumber before he brought out the plywood because he ended up bringing out both like uh, plywood panels uh, which i guess were pre-cut to the right height because uh, you know he didn't he never used a circular saw or anything uh out at the tent area um to cut the plywood so that seemed to be the right size to begin with uh, he did use a handsaw to cut a bunch of uh two by fours though and i think you know he said he has a i guess a is it just is it called a toboggan or something he has a a sled he can he can tow behind the uh, snowmobile and that's how he's getting stuff out there it's impressive how much stuff he was able to haul out there by snowmobile including all of his like camp kitchen stuff and food and and water to drink and all sorts of stuff and he's he's spending i don't know maybe a night or two there at a time so it it's not trivial no, it, it is. It's certainly an undertaking, um, and you know the. I have not actually read the the regulations that he has to abide by to to be out there, but this um, he's he's described them that uh, it can't be permanent, um, but I think Pierce, you were thinking that um, what he's come up with is is pretty, well, some parts of it are pretty pretty robust. Certainly the floor mechanism, um, all these pallets screwed together and then the plywood put on top of them, that's going to take a few minutes to, to tear down. I, I do not think he will be able to tear it down in a reasonable amount of time if he's ever asked to. Well, I, can't I, Im- I think it would take a week or two. Well, I think a week. But I, I, come on, you know, Canadians are such nice people. Can you imagine a ranger coming by and say, like, uh, Mr. J, I, I think you're going to have to, we're going to need you to move this. And then I'm sure they would help, don't you think? Uh, maybe. I, it might be easier just to burn the sucker down, pull the <laughs> canvas off, and 
burn it down. But I, or if the wind doesn't knock it down, I, I'm very worried about that or the snow. That's true. I think uh, his floor is is not going anywhere. Um, he definitely has more than 16 inches between the studs that he's built the sidewalls out of. Uh, even if they're only five feet tall, uh, maybe the studs are 36 inches apart or something. It's very sparse. But like you said, he had to drag all that stuff out there. So maybe he's going to come back and later he's going to add some, he's going to infill. It, so as he built the walls out, we, we discussed previously um, that we, the studs look a little far apart right now. And I hope he does add some extra stuff. But we would have screwed up. He, was, he did the right thing by not putting more studs in because when he tried to pull the canvas over the frame that he made, the door wouldn't shut fully. So he had to take some studs out and shorten the length of the tent in order for it to fully close. That's right. He had to reduce the footprint of, uh, of the lumber structure um, because I, I don't know if it was a measurement thing or the way the you know, canvas tent was marketed. You know, It's like two by fours aren't actually two by four. Um, so maybe when you buy a tent that's, you know, 16 meters by 16 meters or that's, that's way too big, however big it is, um, you know, maybe that's some nominal size, uh, but yeah, you're right. The door wouldn't close. And so he had to bring in the, he had to shorten the depth, I think, uh, of the footprint in order for the, uh, the front door to close. But like the thing that's the most interesting about this whole thing is he built a wooden frame from nothing and he's trying to stretch a big canvas like canvas shape over it. it looks like one of the wedding tents almost but with with walls on both sides and a zipper door with buckles on it and i guess they come not stretched so they're they're fairly tight over the metal frames already to give room for um like to give room for you know, so you don't want it to sag if it snows or when it rains, you don't want it to, to bow in and have water pooling. So I'm, I'm kind of concerned about that with his current construction. They do get a fair amount of snow up there. So I don't know how much weight it's going to support. Uh, that's true. So in addition to the walls, uh, he had to build, um, I guess, um, rafters uh, to hold up the, you know, and a ridge beam to hold up the, uh, the rest of the tent. And uh, I think... I think that's more, there are more rafters than there are like studs in the wall. So I think that's a little denser than, than the vertical support. Uh, but you're right. Like, um, if it snows and he's not keeping the tent hot, so he's not there, you know, which has got to be, you know, at least 80% of the time, um, an awful lot of snow could accumulate on that roof. Um, you know, before it, it's not going to melt or, or slide off. So yeah, that's a that's a heavy weight uh, or for, amount of force to support. Right. So, in this video specifically, he he finally finishes it, or he gets it to a a finished ish state. He's going to do more work on it, but he's added four foot high walls all around the side of the tent. So, there's I guess four by eights that he screwed into the studs all around the house or shack. And I suppose that adds a lot of uh, rigidity to it. I guess that hopefully is making up for a lot of the, um, the, the play that we saw in the video when he was pulling the canvas over the tent or over the frame. And he's also created a door for it, which is 
interesting. So the tent has a big zipper on the front that you can pull up and the um, canvas rolls up like curtains on either side so you can get in and out pretty easily. But he created has created a four foot high swinging door and it opens inward. So it it's kind of interesting in that the, uh, the uh, wood stove is right next to where the door is. And watching him do this video, I'm thinking, this kind of seems like a fire trap. I yeah. <laughs> I'm a little bit worried. Yeah, we talked about how, um, you know, maybe if it was, if the walls were still just canvas, you sleep with a knife, tent catches on fire, you cut your way out, you know, any of the four sides. But oh, he yeah. now has walls everywhere, including, you know, on what the, you know, the traditional exit entrance uh, side of the tent is that has the zipper. Um, and now if he has a fire, he's got to approach the door, unlatch it, swing it in towards himself, then unzip the tent and escape. Um, so I'm so, we need to send him a smoke detector, I think. He needs some kind of smoke alarm in there. Um, carbon monoxide detector. I think or they I think they're all they're multifunction now. Yeah. The so the one thing that I thought was funny is he said it, he got it up to 86 degrees in the tent and that the zipper on a sleeping bag was extremely hot to the touch. I was just thinking if the zipper on a sleeping bag's hot, what about the latch? <laughs> it's going to be like the scene from Home Alone. <laughs> where you where the where uh, John Pesci goes for the uh is that his name? The doorknob. Yeah, it goes to the doorknob, uh, and he burns okay. his hand because uh, Macaulay Culkin got, got the, the 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 starter uh, hanging on the inside, for sure. It could go that way. Um. Well, I think you know it was so hot, you know, and I think I'm, I think I mentioned to you that this is one of the first times we've seen Jay, like not bundled up because, like you were saying, in the original tent, you know. Um, maybe it was the time of the year that we were seeing in film there, but it was always so, so cold. Um, you know, I guess it's as we enter springtime, um, and I don't like, we're not sure how much longer the lake is going to be, uh, accessible. Um, but I think the outside temperature, you know, was no longer, or maybe it was just below freezing or something. It wasn't as crazy cold as we normally see it. And so, like you said, he had the air temperature inside the tent to, I think, 86 degrees Fahrenheit or something. Uh, apologies to our, our Canadian listeners. Um, I don't recall what the, the Celsius was. But, yeah, uh, I think that, you know, he has the, sometimes he puts the cot, you know, I guess we saw him wake up or something or, you know, in the morning. And I think the cot was uh, along the ridge line. Uh, so he could have been, you know, having his the zipper right next to the stove, and so the, you know, the metal, it's going to get hotter than the air temperature. But so warm. Oh, that's what I was saying. Uh, you know, we saw him without a hat on, or we had we saw him with a baseball cap instead of a a toque. Toque. That's right. Toque. Or toboggan. Um, oh, I mentioned Celsius. Did you notice that when he was when he was doing all his uh, uh, his um, carpentry work? He was measuring in inches. I noticed that. Did, did that surprise you? I mean, I was counting our, on our Canadian friends to be wisely using the metric system for everything. And he uses the metric system um, when he talks about the temperature. You know, sometimes we see a thermometer and it's got, um, you know, English or standard, what do we call standard units uh, 
for Fahrenheit uh, on it as well. But um, normally talks about the temperature in metric. Why is he not measuring in metric? I don't know. My guess is Canada gets a lot of stuff from the U.S. in terms of like building supplies. Maybe all of our stuff is just labeled in inches. So Canadians just think in inches in terms of length measurements. You know, I guess I mentioned that, uh, you know, two by fours aren't actually two inches by four inches, or at least not anymore. Maybe, maybe construction materials or maybe all kind. maybe it's not unusual for a carpenter, even in a metric uh, system country to, to measure things in inches because two by fours are, you know, uh, an inch and a half by uh, three and a half inches or whatever. So maybe yeah, because that be... that's not centimeters, maybe they do everything in inches. Yeah, let's just go with that. They, they're probably using just the right measurements. They're just using the American way, right? Yeah, I guess the the so after the door, you know, the other big improvement we saw this week uh, in Jay's video was that table with the drop leaf and the built-in chair storage. Yeah, did did the chair actually like dock with the table? Is that how that works? So I think um, I think the table he has um, maybe the top of it. Uh, and again, apologies for our metric listeners, but I'd say the top of it was maybe, you know, 10 inches wide, not, not a foot mm -hmm. wide, but maybe 10 inches wide. And so that's the fixed uh, width of the table. And I think that from, from that top of the table, the height always from that top down to the floor uh, is a panel that can swing up and then a leg kicks out to, to support that. And oh, I think that that's, I think there are probably two of those, probably one on either side. Now, we're, he has it arranged. Um, so one of those leaves is up against the sidewall of the tent, uh, but he has the half of it that he can swing up. And I think that, so if that's kind of U-shaped, um, in, in the bottom of that U, you know, there's storage where you can fit chairs. And I think that he probably has at least two chairs. We've seen him use one chair, but I think two chairs probably fit in there at least. I, yeah, I think this is, just a J, J zone, you know? I, I don't know if he's ever going to have any real guests. And if he does, they're going to have to fight over the one fork he brought. <laughs> okay. You know, my uh, OCD and attention to detail here. Did you notice, Pierce, the orientation of the fork he puts in that drawer at the top of the table? The, the, the tines are sticking towards the front of the drawer. So when he reaches in to get that fork, he's going to stab himself on the pointy bits before he gets to the handle into the fork. Did that bother you? I think, no, I think I'm going to have to send you a, a photo of my uh, silverware drawer. <laughs> That's going to be in show notes. Uh, it, you, uh, probably not. It's a little bit embarrassing, but. No, uh, I think we're they, each going to put a photo of our silverware drawer in show notes. I might draw it for you. <laughs> you can blur it's, out it's any, any parts so of the drawer uh, that, uh, that you don't want our audience to see. So it, it is better now that we uh, we've moved all the we've had two, we had two sets of silverware in our silverware drawer. We moved one of the sets to our other location. So now it's at least all the same style. Okay, that's They're good. Just mixed and matched before. That would cause me a lot of heartburn. Although I am using and the silverware that I got when I uh, came home from school, um, and uh, I must have bought a thing of silverware at Costco, and I've been using it for you know more than two decades now. So your silverware is slightly younger than your towels. 
my silverware is younger than my bath towels. Yes. Now, 2021 New Year's resolution. (laughs) New bath towels and new silverware. Well, here we go, Pierce. I have purchased new bath towels significantly nicer than my old bath towels. So I think the the towels that you're alluding to are the towels I took to college freshman year, 1996, uh, 1995 in the fall. So these are towels that are probably bought at Walmart and I've been using f- since 1995. Pierce, you want to help me with the math there? These are 25-year-old towels, aren't they? How dry are they? They must be like sandpaper. Well, after I dry myself off with them, they're they're not dry, but uh, in between uses, they do dry out. Uh, they're not they're they're not as bad as you'd think. Uh, they're fraying a little bit sharp. around the edges, <laughs> uh, but they work just fine, and they don't smell because I wash them, launder them, um, and uh, yeah. But so after the renovation, I did buy new towels for the for the new bathroom. Uh, but they are uh, new inbox. I have, I have not uh, broken into that yet. I don't know what I'm waiting they, they for. Come in box, right? Well, they, they, okay, they come in a plastic bag. But I mean, what, that doesn't sound like you know. Oh, you know, you buy something on eBay. It's new in box. It's not new in plastic bag from Crate and Barrel. I'm a little shocked that you don't have them neatly stacked on like a, a towel rack. Uh, well, they're in the lo- uh, you know, the um, what's it called? linen closet and they're they're neatly arranged in there but they're in not bag. uh yes still in bag oh, well you don't want to get dust on them right well i keep the door closed but yeah any dust that was to get in there I, they, they're staying as clean as possible <laughs> pierce remember remember i had that uh those um uh what are they called Cases, I guess a case, cases of bottled water from uh, 2001, did we decide, was the uh, the year that uh, we had the DC sniper. And for some reason, my preparedness included buying, you know, 48 bottles of water. Only last year did I, did I throw that water out. So, unfortunately, these towels could be waiting a long time. That, that was before they did the whole BPA-free, too. So, you would have just had some of that water if you drank it and you would have immediately like flipped genders <laughs> like those fish that uh spontaneously uh change their their um their gender um because yeah, of our pollution Alex jones water yeah yeah let's turn the frogs game <laughs> um i guess I, t- I had two more notes here uh that i want to hit um you know at the end of the video um Jay mentions um, some of the things he's going to do in his 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 new cabin, uh, hot tent with walls, uh, and that was he was going to listen to music, and I thought it was interesting. He said he was going to listen to some copyright free music. Copyright uh, free. But what? Uh, and I don't know how YouTube's going to respond to this, but I um, I, did, I used a little Shazam at the beginning of the video, uh, and I have found the the track he's playing for us um, at the beginning of the video. And if you just want a little a little moment of that. I would love nothing else. And I think this is this is very peaceful. Uh, it really it does kind of help you know set the scene as he's um, you know preparing his Walking his meal, getting ready. 
Um, so, yeah, so that's apparently called Among the Stars by Alex Aura. So I don't know what YouTube's going to do with that. Uh, if we're going to get a, you know, content ID violation, uh, maybe that was short enough. I don't know how that works. We're also new YouTube, like we're new to podcasting. Um, and then my other note here was, did you, did you see, you know, he was doing some chores uh, around the tent and he replaced the gasket on the wood stove. So around oh, yeah. the door, uh, I guess there's, um, I'm going to assume it's made out of fiberglass or something. There's, a, there's some cordage um, that helps keep air from leaking in there so that I guess that the the air inlet control is the primary uh, way to control how much air uh, gets into the stove to control the rate of the combustion. And I was interested in the, um, you know, the requirements for that adhesive, right? Because he, he looks like he's just using some kind of glue to, to attach that, uh, the, what looks like rope there to the door. And I'm like, you know, you can cook on top of the stove. This is going to be really, really hot. Uh, apparently, there's a whole uh, market full of uh, what they call, uh, uh, what is it called? Um, I have a link to Amazon. It's not an affiliate link, Pierce, not for you. Uh, but it's called you. Wood well, Stove Gasket money. Cement. So gasket cement uh, for wood stoves. Uh, and apparently, you can use it as a like a... You know, I guess if it rusts through somewhere and you have a, you know, a leak somewhere else in your stove, you can kind of caulk it up with this stuff. Or you could glue something to the inside of your stove, I guess, like a little, little trinket. Um, yeah, I guess if, you know, plaster over the hole with, uh, with something larger, I think, um, was it Jay that we've seen, like if you're cooking on top of the wood stove and it's too hot. Is it Jay who we've seen like use a coin to separate the bottom of the pan from the top of the stove to reduce the heat transfer? So I guess you're not getting a conduction directly between the top of the stove and the bottom of the pan. You're getting radiation uh, from the stove to the to the bottom of the pan. Other than I, the, the I, coin. I don't know if I've seen that. No. I'll have to find an example and we'll maybe put that in show notes as well. You could try it on your stove too. Um, well, that's true. When I, when I renovated a kitchen, um, unfortunately I don't have natural gas, uh, in the house. So, uh, I used to have a coil electric burner stove and now I have a, a giant, uh, iPhone contactless charger stove. Uh, I haven't dared try to charge the phone with it, but, uh, it's induction. And so, you know, I guess it's the best I could do with, uh, with the electric, um, and it is pretty responsive. So, you know, if you've ever seen a video of how it works, um, there's a high frequency uh, magnetic field uh, in the underneath the glass surface of the, the stovetop, and it causes uh, eddy currents in the ferrous metal inside your cookware. And so you're taking energy uh, from the uh, electric uh, antenna in in the stove cooktop and okay. you're causing a magnetic field to change which causes electrons to move in your your cookware and that makes the cookware hot um and it is pretty responsive like uh temperature control wise so if you you know if you change the amount of energy you're putting into the pot uh the pot um you know changes uh how hot it is much more quickly almost like gas so i've been pretty pleased with that 
Oh, well, that was uh, that was good. I, I, a little, little bit of science there. Works. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll put a link to uh, uh, how induction works um, in oh, the show notes. How does uh, and it charges your phone too? Uh, like I said, I think it would probably set the phone on fire. So it's, it's I, called your stove's called Air Power Two. Um, that's right. It works it's, with uh, the Apple Watch. That's the nice thing about it because the Apple Watch does not use Qi charging, but it is compatible with the stove. So. I just put all of my uh, phones and watches on the stove, and I turn it to to, to to level ten, and they're charged in moments. Your your oven or your stove doesn't go to eleven. Uh, I think. Well, let me let me step away over here a second. No, it's it's levels one through nine, uh, and then boost. Um, there's a boost like a turbo boost it's like turbo mode um it's designed for like boiling water and stuff do you have to turn the key to enable or disable turbo uh no it does not require it does not require a key switch uh it's all touch controls um all right all right well i think that uh that's all i have about jay um, except, you know, I'm really looking forward to his next video because at the end of this video, he talks about how, um, like you said, he normally spends, you know, just a single night, um, when he's out there, but he was going to go back to his house and he said he was turning right around to, to maybe, you know, spend a night at home and then come back to the, to the tent. So he should have uh, recorded some footage by now, uh, that I hope we get to see soon. Yeah, I think I don't know if he has a release schedule. I think he might just release them when he releases them. But oh yeah, it seems I, like it, it seems like weekends usually. Uh, well, I mean, since uh, since he seems to have a day job, um, I suspect you know he can only uh, find time to you know maybe put edit the video and put it together on the weekends. Yeah, but I'm always excited I, when you know we 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 text each other as soon as we notice that there's a new video out on his channel. So. I wish there were a service that would um, alert you better to new YouTube content, like an air horn goes off. Well, I think that's that's why they want the 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 YouTubers the are always telling bell. you to like, subscribe, and check the bell because YouTube apparently changed the definition of subscribe, um, and all the YouTubers were not they were upset that their subscribers weren't getting notified, and so now YouTube has a notification feature, which maybe. I don't know if it's push notifications or you get an email or I've actually never checked the bell, but just like checking my bank accounts every day, I check YouTube every day. And so my OCD does just fine. You're, you're in polling mode and not push mode. That's right. I'm polling for new content. Uh, I've not registered a call back uh, to be notified. Here's what I want to do. I'm going to configure my hue lights to turn red in the entire house when there's a new J video. Uh, that is a good challenge. I like that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> but it, <laughs> How about one light? You can, like... Maybe Mary would allow you to have one light that changed color uh, when Jay I posts a video. Lamp. Yeah. It'd be good for low light, too, not to hurt my vision. That's right. In, in case he posts a video in the middle of the night, you don't want to lose your night vision uh, when you're notified. No, but that's that's all I got about Jay. Okay. It was a good one. No, I, I enjoyed it, uh, and he, it's really exciting to see how enthusiastic he is about um, 
his success and he really has you know he's very honest about it he you know we joked a little bit about um his carpentry skills um more power to him for for getting it done because um he figured it out as he I'm went so and that's happy. that's kind of like what we're doing right here right with our own non-outdoor activity uh figuring out how to do it yeah we're making that squarespace squarespace money oh that's sweet sweet podcast ad revenue it's it's about to roll in squarespace is you don't even have to have a podcast like out before they start paying you really you yeah, could just no, talk I about mean, you know we can just we can sell them on the future revenue we're going to bring them yeah and we're really starting a business here so we're going to really try to figure out a way to get other people podcasting and they can pay us some money that we so we'll share our experiences with them and once they once they get it, their foot in the door by investing in us we can teach them how to bring new podcasters online so are I'm you really trying to find a way to make it. podcasting a market, uh, um, what's it called? An MLM? No. Multi-level no, no. marketing this, mechanism? This is, no. No, I want you to be able to make money from home. Like this is, this is empowering you. This is you being the me boss, you know? And then as you become so successful, other people will, will want to be like you and physically pay you to do that. And then they'll want more people. It'll be great. Do I need to fit a lot of podcasts in my garage? Uh, well, the good thing about podcasts is they're free, right? It's they're, they're just like there's no real space requirement other than storage. So you might need a bigger SAN or a NAS, I guess. Okay, so I need I need to expand my Synology, but need I don't need storage. any space in the garage, which That's is good right. because I don't have a garage. But I did enjoy having a storage container uh, in my parking space for a while. That was good. You can also just store your stuff on your front yard, uh, front lawn, I believe. Uh, the HOA has sometimes they send out uh, like a little uh, flyer about that. They don't like it when you keep anything in the front yard. So not encouraging you to do it. No, no, they're discouraging people from doing it. No, they don't enforce it as well as I'd like, but uh, yeah, that's not what they're supposed to be doing. Were you more worried about getting a letter from your HOA about the ladder or someone stealing it? Um, well, you know, everyone's afraid to go outside. Uh, so I think it was a really good time to have a ladder hanging out in my front yard unsupervised. Well, you know, I would have had the thief on camera, uh, but um, yeah, I, I had low concern over anyone taking the ladder from the front yard. I've never had an Amazon package stolen or anything. No, I, when I was riding around the area yesterday on my bike, uh, I noticed everyone had packages just sitting out in front of their houses. I'm like, wow, it's kind of cool to realize that it's okay to leave a package out front. I know people get stuff stolen, but it seems like a rare occurrence, at least in our area. Yeah, I've, I've, um, well, Dan, well, was was that just a, a a delivery person who was absconding with his his stuff or was anything actually stolen from his from his porch i don't remember the full story but i thought it was the delivery person just kept throwing his audio receivers into the bushes (laughs) and taking a photo of the bush (laughs) and saying it was delivered and then he called amazon and they would do like the same delivery person i guess would did the same thing two more times until he finally got he finally got one delivered yeah, I I uh I don't remember the details. 
but um, it was a struggle. But I think that's the only person I've known who's had a problem like that. Yeah, I, we knock on wood, we have we have not here. Um, yeah, I think that's it. All right. Well, I think uh, let's wrap it up. Um, I think I'll uh, I'll stop the live stream. Bye bye. And um, okay, so I think that's the end of the podcast. We're gonna do a little after show recording now. So my files are still going. I'm at uh, an hour and twenty eight minutes. Is that what you have, Pierce? I started a little bit before just to make sure things were going. Oh, that's a good choice. I'm at an hour thirty six. Okay. Let me let me see something. Uh, recordings. Uh... Yeah, look at that. I'm at. Um... Oh, that's crazy! Look at that. Most of my files are half a gigabyte. Yeah, I'm at, I'm at half a gig. Yeah. Five hundred and forty megs. Oh, look at that. Okay. I guess I didn't rename that file. So remember, I'm recording five different tracks. Uh, I have one track for the uh, that iTunes you know, playback. Um, that's only six megs. And I think that's maybe because I didn't check the box that says make audio even when it's not playing. So I think what we have there is six megs just the 32 seconds that I played that audio. Um, and so that syncing that up in in the edit, it's not gonna have, you know, white uh, blank time before and after. So that's gonna be a challenge. Um, the, uh, the FaceTime call uh, is half a gig. Um, I was recording the soundboard uh, with that setting to record the white space. Um, you know, enabled, and and I also told that to be stereo. Uh, we didn't play any sounds. We could do that now. How about a um... but um chun? Okay, so um, but anyway, so we're recording nothing but in stereo for that. Um, but that makes sense. That's because that's why it's twice as big. All right, so um, I guess. Uh, we need to figure out how to do editing and um, we probably want to have a little after action. We don't need to do that now to see what worked and what didn't. Uh, we need to come up with something for next week. Yeah. Uh, now, I, I guess last night you said you sent we a message, can... something about uh, you want to try to learn something every week. So uh, did you think we do research kind of separately and then, you know, try to attempt to do something and then talk about it or. We um, maybe each learn something different and then talk about, like share what we learn. Oh, so like it's educational. Okay. So you figure out how to, you know, repair your bike trainer since it's breaking all the time. And, and then you, this one's you explain that. Solid. This one, yeah, like, like the that. seventh one you've gotten. It's working great. There's, there's been a few. Yes. <laughs> Um, okay, well, I, don't, could... I don't want to badmouth any companies, so I'm not going to name um, Kicker by name, <laughs> but they're not good. Uh, but you haven't yet kicked them to the curb. Uh, I was almost there when 
when this last one broke. That was the most frustrating. Well, I, you know, I, it's frustrating when, you know, something you, I mean, you use so frequently, you know, stops working, but, you know, not only does the, it's frustrating that the thing failed, but you've, the amount of convincing you need to do, you know, I've seen you deal with their customer service has been less than stellar, I guess. So like if they, if their product was not perfect, but they stood behind it anyway, you know, without a lot of stress or struggle, that might be one thing. Yeah, not not my favorite. Yeah. But I think uh, after after this is over, uh, I'd like to mess with the the editing. So maybe I don't know what the best way to to get your audio is. Oh, that's right. We have to discuss how to exchange files. Well, I'm not I'm not sure we want to. Let's not get on the Dropbox train. Although I think I'm already I'm paying Dropbox for lots of storage, which I should stop doing. Should we try a shared iCloud folder? Yeah, we could try that. Since we're trying to do I'm everything sure. in the Apple ecosystem? Yeah, I'm not sure if um, I can do a shared folder right now. Are you not on uh, Catalina? I am. They introduced an update that I might not have. I'm on 10.15.3. I think I need to go to 4. Um, I'm on ten fifteen four, but I don't, I don't know when they introduced that. Well, we can take a look, see how it works out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's it, do. Let's just do that. We'll do um, the sharing thing. Well, I think the, you know, to give this a go, I think we only really need to send our local file to each other. Yeah. Right. So even though I have five files, uh, maybe the only file you need to is my local copy of me. Yeah, your local copy, and then also the audio um, thing that you played. Okay, I can send that. Sure. Yeah. I'm a little curious. Um, I can see the mics kind of picking up some of your, your audio when you speak. So I'm a little bit curious whether or not it actually makes it into the recording at a what do you mean? level. Which, uh, so, I'm not sure what you mean by that. Uh, so talk a little bit. This is me talking. This is me talking. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, no. So on the actual recording level, the um, peak slash RMS, the line between all the things blinks when it detects audio, right? And it it's attenuated by the volume, right? Okay, sure. When you're speaking and I'm not speaking, I can see it uh, pulsing from your audio emanating out from my headphones. Well, I guess um, if, you're, if your audio hijack picture looks like mine, uh, you're at the top, uh, you're in the top mm -hmm. row, and then FaceTime is the second row. And remember yeah. that the FaceTime thing is splitting the left and right channels between uh, all the remote people and all the local people. Um, and yeah. so no, no. I see the, the left, right peak RMS, um, for out of FaceTime, the left and right channels are different, whether it's you or me talking. Well, let me, I'm going to take a screen recording. Ooh, fancy new screen recording.
I guess we should talk during this time so we have an example of what you're talking about. Yeah, you should you should start talking and we'll let my peaks um, settle for a second. Okay, so I'm go. talking. This is me talking. The quick brown fox jumped over the fence or something like that. How do I stop? That's called a pangram, a sentence that includes all the letters of the alphabet. Pangram. Ah, you know what it is? It's the quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog. That sentence uses all the letters in the alphabet. Pangram. That's the word of the day. Pangram. I don't know what's going on. I don't think that something went amiss. I don't know. You were just using QuickTime to do screen recording? Yeah, I don't it wasn't playing well with audio hijack or something. I'm not sure what what the issue was. Let me let me just do the cheap way of doing it. All right. Is that multiple screenshots? Talking. What do you mean by the cheap way? The cheap way. Shout out to Rogue Amoeba for quality audio tools like Audio Hijack. All right. All right. Let's do. Da, da, da. All right. I just I took a video with my phone. Oh, that's what the cheap way is. I see. Sending. Okay. Received. Okay, I'm going to play. What, what am I supposed to see here, Pierce? If you look at the top left input device, you can see a little bit of yellow pulsing as you're speaking. The top left, you mean literally the top line? Yeah, from my input device. That's it picking up audio, radiating out of my headphones and into the microphone. Oh, so that's that's leakage. Yeah, that's what you're hearing one. being recorded by you. Yeah. Which is not is not what we want. No, that's why I wore the uh, AirPods, uh, because my open back headphones were leaking too much audio. So, oh, okay. So the, the AirPods are better for you for that. I, I think so. I'm I'm hoping that that little bit of audio is just such low background noise that it doesn't really matter. Well, worst case, you know, you could do some math. Uh, you could subtract my actual channel from your channel to get rid of that. Yeah. 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 I was thinking. I I don't know if things do that, but like um, GarageBand or um, Logic. Logic. Um. I don't know. Jason Snell is my uh, my resource um, for talking about those kinds of things. One comment I do have, though. So I'm um, I'm using these these Bose uh, headphones, which are not the best choice, I guess, generally, uh, but they're what I like to wear on a plane. And uh, they come with this short, uh, what I thought was a three and a half millimeter cable. Uh, and so I wanted to be able to move around the room a little bit more while we were recording. Uh, so I went to Amazon and I, I found a three and a half millimeter cable that's, um, I don't know, how long is this? Uh, eight feet, I think, at least six feet. 
uh, foolishly, it has three and a half millimeter uh, stereo phono connections on both ends. But guess what? The headphone has a smaller than three and a half millimeter port. Why the hell yeah. is it that way? I don't understand. What a pain in the ass. So now I need to go figure out how big that is and buy a second product to be delivered during the virus times. The I bought a 16-foot extension cable for it, and I don't know if it's because it doesn't seat fully into the microphone. I need to try it with my laptop. But the audio quality coming out of it is not the best. And I'm not sure if it's due to the length and the actual output power output of the microphone in terms of... Right, because you're using the amplifier that. in the microphone, right, as your, yeah. your DAC, as it were. But Yeah, but the audio coming out of it into the headphones is significantly worse than just plugging it direct. So I need to figure out whether or not it's the cable or if it's just too long, you know? Well, yeah, I guess you have to find a different cable that's the same length to, to compare cable to cable. Well, or get was, your multimeter out, about, measure the resistance. Yeah, I could do that. Oh, it's just a, it's just a giant resistor. Uh, I was thinking about plugging it into my laptop. I mean, that would be a good, good test. Um, but I, I routed the cable through the boom arm, so it's all neatly in there, and I just don't want to pull it out. So oh. I might have to move my laptop next to the micro, like directly next to the microphone, and test it. Oh, so you got, uh, you have two, you got two cables to fit down the arm. Yeah, the yeah, USB cable nice. and the your audio cable. Yeah, I'll take a photo of it. Oh, I could show you a picture of my uh, the sweatshirt here. Oh, what happened to our YouTube thing? I guess I should end our stream. There you go. Oh, look at that. Okay. Hmm. Well, I guess I didn't. Maybe the channel's deeper than I thought it was. Yeah, it's it's it actually is fairly deep. It works. Uh, it worked pretty well. No startle either. And I so, worked for the braided cable too. Well, that yeah, that's one of the, when I I ended up getting this Amazon Basics cable, uh, but one of the, I was looking for something like that, a braided cable for the headphone. Okay, so uh, I click finish, I end stream or whatever on YouTube, and it says we had one playback. Peak concurrent playbacks is two. New subscribers, zero. Duration for the stream was an hour and 41 minutes. The total watch time was 88 minutes. And the average watch you? time was one hour and 28 minutes, which I guess is equal to 88 minutes. Mary just got up. <laughs> Who do you think was watching it? I don't know. I mean, Marcy would have gotten it, but 
Is that I the only person she, you share? If there's it with? any chance that she would watch. Mm, unlikely. I think she also would have texted us. Um, yeah, you'd think so. All right, I'm going to end the uh, end my recording in a second. Okay. Do you want to count that down? Not that it really matters. All right, on on 5. Okay, on 5. 10 9 <laughs> 8 3 12 4 100 103 104 12 5